On this week's episode of Where We Are, we take a small reprieve from politics. We dive into family and work life instead with two great guests, Jennifer and Richard Clark. This is Where We Are. Hello, hello, hello. This is where we are and we are the wares. And it's just me, Melissa, at the moment. I know, I know. You're used to Michael opening up this podcast and you probably miss the sweet, sweet sound of his voice. Let me tell you, me too. (sighs) Me too. Anyways, I host this news, politics, faith and family podcast with my husband, Michael Ware the president and CEO of the Center for Christianity and Public Life. He and I have lived and worked at the epicenter of American politics for over a decade and bring you this weekly Sunday podcast. Michael has been traveling for about the last 12 days while I've been manning the fort here at Casa Ware. We we have two toddlers, two, yes, two toddlers, and our kids have started to turn into puddles at the smallest hardship. So we are at that point in solo parenting. I know a bunch of you are nodding your head in solidarity at that statement. Uh, you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> Toddlers, when they miss someone, they they tend to have a way of expressing it after a while. <laughs> uh, but, but today, I and the girls are excited to welcome Michael back, and we are excited to join him on one of his speaking engagements at Ecclesia Church in Princeton, New Jersey for their Sunday services. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Michael's latest speaking engagements have included snippets of his new book, and it's been exciting to hear about how people are responding to the new ideas Michael's been working on, and I'm excited to actually witness it in person. I actually rarely get to hear him speak since we have kids. And not sure how much I'll hear because one of them will probably be running around, but I mean, you know, I'll try. Uh, But I also wanted to say that if you're thinking about the 2024 election or want Michael to come and speak to your church or school or conference about all things religion and politics, you can check out michaelware.com to book him. He especially loves talking with young people and college-age people about life with Jesus while working in politics. And speaking of events... The Center for Christianity and Public Life's first summit in Washington, D.C. is happening in just three weeks. Michael and his team have put together just the best lineup of talks and speakers. Seriously, if politics has been depressing you, if you've been looking out over the horizon and don't see much good, this is the conference you want to attend. You can head to www.ccpubliclife.org to buy those tickets for the conference. All right. All right. That's enough housekeeping. I feel like I should now be telling you to, like, stay hydrated or something at this point. <laughs> I feel like it's just been a litany of things. Okay, enough jokes. Uh, today, we have a fun and relaxing show as we have two special guests, Jennifer Clark and Richard Clark. Since 2008, Richard Clark has been a leader in audio and digital content creation, pioneering innovative platforms that engage targeted audiences. As a podcast producer and branded content developer, he is driven by establishing authentic connections and amplifying voices through audio forward storytelling. Richard is the owner of Area Code Audio, an independent podcast agency based in Batavia, Illinois. Jennifer S. Clark is an experienced digital marketer, brand storyteller, and social media manager. For the last seven years, she's worked in the, at the intersection between culture, faith, and justice. She is an avid reader, hobbyist gardener, and amateur baker. So without further ado, here is our conversation. This is Where We Are. We are the Wares. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. And they are the Clarks. We're so thrilled to have uh, two dear friends with us. Uh, uh, Richard, Jennifer, uh, how are you? We're good. We're excited to be here. Uh, We've been looking forward to this conversation all day and also like speed speed putting our kids to bed uh, in order for it to happen. So (laughs) it's it's been exciting. Oh, yeah. Yes, we did the. Uh, we there. There was a storm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the, like the East Coast uh, tropical storm, whatever, yes. ended up being 
uh, it ended up not really hitting DC Baltimore too hard. Okay. Uh, yeah. But some, for some reason we still lost uh, electricity. And so oh, man. Our, our power was out and we were getting nervous Melissa yeah. was like oh, refreshing, like refreshing <laughs> the website to be like, okay, have they scheduled someone to come out? Like, are we going to be able to do this? And and the power came back on at like eight. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh wow. Down you going, to the wire. Well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're 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 glad to be here. Uh, glad to be here with you. Yeah. Glad to have you on. Glad yeah. to have you on the show. Yeah. So great to have you. And we're gonna have a fun conversation today, and I think a different conversation than our listeners are used to, but sometimes it's good to take like a little bit of a politics break. We, Michael and I are definitely very into that. Um, I mean, though we are going to press them very hard yes. for their, oh, we got, we got opinions. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> we can tell you who we like for the Republican primary. Uh, that would, that yeah. would be fun. No, we're going to get an answer out of you. Yeah, I was just about yeah. to say, what do you think about our tax policies? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we, we want to, we wanted to talk with you because we have our own podcast. You have some new ventures going on in your life. We're very much in a similar place when it comes to parenting and that stage of life. Mm-hmm. Working together. How, how do you work together as a couple? Um, starting new things, leaning into new skills, new vocations. What is that like? How do you deal with things like that as a couple? Uh, and so I think it'll just be a really great conversation. And I want to start us off for our listeners can you just uh, tell us about yourselves? Uh, so how long you've been married, your vocational history, uh, what are you doing today? Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. You want to talk about how long we've been married? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So we'll be married for 10 years in November. Um, I know pretty big That's milestone. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. So we've got two kids. They're five and eight now. So I think we're a couple years ahead of you all in the parenting. Um, you are. But yes, it is. Well, <laughs> it is a competition. It's definitely a competition. No, only to say that I think, you know, it's like I can remember where you all are and it is just the very near past. Um, but I also empathize a lot for that stage of life. Um, let's see. I am a former social worker turned digital marketer. And so, yeah, kind of specializing in social media, social media marketing. And um, I've worked in a lot of places, I feel like, in a short amount mm-hmm. of time. I've gotten a lot of experience, really great experience. Um, and now, yeah, I'm I'm freelancing. I'm just kind of an in, interest, in an interesting place, I think, where a lot of opportunities have come my way that I didn't expect. Um, but I'm enjoying it right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I've seen Jennifer go from, like, when we first met, she was in social work. And mm-hmm. she went from being in social work to being kind of a full-time mom. I think it's fair to yeah. say. Yeah. And then um, went from that into like sort of, what was the next thing you did? I think you dip, started dipping your toe immediately into sort of social media mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. and marketing, that kind of thing. And that that has been interesting to watch um, from yeah. from afar and from not afar. And was that was that like always the the plan? Like like did you when you guys got married? When you talked about having kids, and when you like was that always the plan, or did things change? And Mm -hmm. and going back to work was that always the plan, or did things change sort of as your lives developed? Oh yeah, they just totally changed. I mean, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I feel like. Thankfully, in some ways, we are not the same people we were when we first got married. Um, That's a mercy. And there's been a lot of growth (laughs) and change and then change we didn't ask for. Um, Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we met at like in a very like uh Southern Baptist reform, Southern Baptist setting. And so yeah. I would, I would, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like it was somewhat expected for the stay at home mom to, to be a thing Though we were always a little bit pushing against that and open to her being in the workplace. I think it was less like now, I think she's a lot more sort of gung ho about that idea mm-hmm. about going out and working and I'm a lot more gung-ho about staying home with the kids these days though it's kind of, <laughs> I think Jennifer knows it's always been in the back of my head like I've always secretly wanted to be a stay-at-home dad a little bit <laughs> right. um so I think like that that 
um, where we've been on that spectrum has definitely changed. So I think we've always been kind of more to the, I guess, left of that spectrum over time. Yeah. 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 What, what about, what about about you, you, Rich? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, so in two (laughs) 2015, 14, somewhere in there, I went to work at Christianity today. Um, yeah. where Michael, where we worked together in, as in, in an editor writer relationship and in various other, you know, kind of in various ways as you were uh, a CT writer at the time. So I was, um, I, w- I worked at leadership journal and then I worked at, uh, CT magazine as a managing editor, right when, uh, 2016 and the Trump election was happening, which was a total and complete nightmare for everyone. And for me specifically <laughs> as well, just mental health wise, it was not fun. Um, and then I just started to have like all kinds of different jobs at CT and sort of yeah. as, as I started to have different jobs um, in, I started to sort of gravitate to two things. One was podcasting. That was a thing like, you know, I started podcasting at CT essentially they had experimented with some things that sort of they tried and fell apart john wilson's podcast was a thing that existed before i got there which i was such a fan of but just like never it just kind of stopped um but uh and, and, and my understanding of that is was like john wilson just started it without asking anyone which is kind of the only way to make anything happen over there at the time yeah um so i i sort of was able to get podcasts going and then uh, landed into like what, what, what was it called? Branded content management or something, Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. And so we would work with companies to sort of create branded content, paid content for Christianity Today that was clearly marked and all of that. It was on the level, but it was, um, in my <laughs> mind, like a really cool, uh, opportunity for collaboration. And that's kind yeah. of where I fell in love with the marketing piece and like branded content and working with other people to create podcasts. So I created like some stuff with the Christian Standard Bible, um, specifically the one that I'm thinking of as Living and Effective, which is like a podcast mm-hmm. about how the Bible works in, in the real world. Um, and so from there, I got a job at an agency called Useful Group, where I really leaned into basically that kind of agency style marketing work and more recently have uh, launched a podcasting agency of my own called Area Code Audio. Um, where we do that kind of work uh, and only that kind of work with whoever wants to sort of reach and connect more deeply with their audience through audio. Yeah, no, that's great. Correct me if I'm wrong, just to go a little bit earlier than you started your bio, you were involved with Christ and pop culture, right? Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yes. Um, Christ and pop culture was really like, my baby back in the day. I mean, it was me and David Dunham. And then very quickly when we started the website, we brought in Alan Noble, who was still there. Um, Bless his heart. He's been there the whole time, (laughs) which is wild to think about. Um, Just doing anything for that long is crazy. But um, yeah, that, that is something like I'm very proud of, honestly, because it still exists. I mean, the thing that I don't like is starting something that falls apart after I leave. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes me upset. <laughs> and Je- I was just complaining about something like that to Jennifer the other day, which I probably shouldn't talk about publicly, but like those, those kinds of situations make me mad, um, both at myself and other people. Right. Um, and so I yeah. really love when you can leave something in it, it still exists and is sort of thriving, you know, Christ about culture yeah. is not like, setting the world on fire right now, but it's sustainable. And that's all that matters. And so many of the people that wrote for you all Mm -hmm. are setting the world on fire. I mean, back in the day, Andy Crouch started a magazine. I think it was called like reflections or it was, I forget the exact name of it. Um, But it, it didn't last, but that's one of those things sort of from the previous generation it's like Lauren Winter wrote for it. Like, mm-hmm. like they, you check like the roster of that. And I kind of feel like already with Christ in pop culture, it is that way. And I think that's only going to develop further, yeah. uh, like as years go on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always seeing people with, 
Christ in pop culture in their like bio yes. and like yes. uh, yeah. there wow, was a what a, what a lineup they have yeah I should I should say Jennifer also worked for Christ in pop culture back in the day as like an associate editor of some kind so that was kind of interesting but like Somewhat. there was yeah. there was a moment yeah. when I was there was a moment sort of way back in the day when I really didn't know what I was for like what I was doing and so yeah. I was trying I was really trying to get I guess as famous as possible off of doing like get a career off of the Christ of pop culture thing. And I remember like getting so upset because I was looking around and all of the writers were just getting everything they ever wanted. Basically they were getting the opportunities and I was getting, this was really like maybe six months before I got an opportunity at, at Christianity today. And everyone that was writing for, for Christ of pop culture was just like nailing it, getting all these opportunities. And in, and after a while, I just realized that is who I am. Like I set people up, up for success and I had to, it took a while for me to like accept that. And it was, it's been a hard, long road to get mm-hmm. to that place. I think yeah. I'm finally in a place where I'm fully accepting of that, but it is, it's, yeah. it's yeah. a hard thing to grapple with. Yeah. So if we were savvier media tech wise, we'd take the excerpt of, that you just had and <laughs> run Billie Eilish's song from Barbie uh, in the background. Um, yeah, I had to learn that I am and, Ken, Kenuff over time. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. No, I really resonate with what you just said at the end there, because uh, for anybody who's a new listener, Michael and I will quickly explain, you know, our backgrounds a, a, a little bit. Um, but this idea of sort of setting people up and sort of letting them go free off into the sunset is kind of, is what I do these days, just in my part-time work. Um, I am also a mother. And also when I became a mom, I decided I don't want to work a 40 hour work week. Completely unexpectedly. Completely unexpectedly. Completely unexpectedly to everyone involved. Cause here's Mm -hmm. the thing, you know, I got a master's degree in European politics. That's always something that's lit me on fire. I mean, it lights pretty much no one else on fire, but it did me. (laughs) Uh, And I went and worked for the British embassy and I was in an amazing position with a lot of access and a lot of cool stuff. I loved it to death. And I decided once I had Searsha, who was our firstborn, that I didn't want to do the 40-hour work week anymore. So I, I went to my employer, the British Council, and I said, what if I became a consultant for you? And I could still work for you. And I could join Michael's business at that point called Public Square Strategies. Michael founded it in 2013 to, uh, that works at the intersection of religion and politics. And so I joined that in 2019 and now I own it because Michael has now gone off to, you know, create a, a new nonprofit, which, you know, he can mention that quickly for our new listeners. But that's what I do now as a consultant, just with that hat on is I help people figure out where they want to go. And then I set them off, whether it's after a month, six months, a year, two years, I do have one long-term client and that is the British council, but most hire me for six months to a year. And I have found that I actually love that. I love letting people go and seeing what they do with the advice that or the things that I've built for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I wear multiple hats. <laughs> I run this podcast with Michael, our sub stack, this firm. And, but my number one vocation is a mom and, our two-year-old stays home with us. She now goes to preschool two mornings a week for the very first time, but otherwise I'm home with our kids. So it's also another interesting thing that I'm kind of hearing from the two of you as well of just wearing multiple hats. And I feel like I'm noticing this, especially amongst millennials of wearing a lot of hats in their vocations, whether or not it's, and that includes parenting as well. But Michael, I'll let you jump in here. Yeah, no, I mean, so I, I want to talk about working from home with young children. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's so a whole yeah. nother podcast, Michael. No, right. Yeah. This could be the start of something beautiful, guys. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I run a nonprofit now uh, in 2013. So that launched in October 2022. Yes. So we're just coming up on a year. But for the previous decade before that, about a decade, ran a business when I wasn't a business guy, um, mm-hmm. but tried to, you know, it, it, it went well, but I always felt like I was cobbling together a, a consulting firm. Um, <laughs> Relatable. And, 
Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and probably like five, six years in, we had Searsha. And so yes. that was, that was like, I mean, so the other thing we could talk about is, um, the pros and cons of like the freelance consulting pay and the unpredictability <laughs> of it oh, versus, gosh, yeah. versus the predictability, but also like burden of a salary with, you know, getting, you know, all the taxes taken out and, and also not. Yeah. So, so that, that's yep. been a huge change for me. I recently moved from consultancy, which was stressful in one way to a nonprofit, which is stressful in eight others. Um, oh, yeah. But, but yeah, so that's, 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 uh, that's the, that's the world we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with you going into freelance and Richard, you, you know, starting this new company, what has it been like starting these new ventures? What hiccups have you run into? Jennifer, especially if you want to talk about yeah freelance and the risks there and then Richard, the risks of, you know, starting, you know, starting up something new. Yeah, it is a risk. And it is funny though, because I now have been out of the full-time workforce officially for, I guess, nine years now. And so mm-hmm. even though I only recently considered myself a, a true blue freelancer, I realize it's a space that I've actually been working in for a long time. And it has given mm-hmm. me the flexibility to have the family that I desire and also not be pressed to be in an office. And I know being in an office even now to most people seems, you know, wildly out of, you know, it's, it's not something they want or they're really looking for. They, you know, most people seem to prefer remote or hybrid post pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I guess I was really spoiled by that because I just felt like, oh yeah, well, I was always able to find work that worked with my schedule at home. Um, And we've kind of incrementally done like a Frankenstein of childcare and preschool. And now we have public school and just, you know, I think that's part of what makes it feel a little easier now is to have that access. But it is funny hearing Richard talk about his career and what he's been up to in the last few years because- it's not officially my career, but there's definitely an aspect in which I've always been involved um, with his work. And he's laughing because he recognizes that, I think. It's a good um, laugh. It's a good laugh. Yeah, it's just a, <laughs> a rueful laugh, maybe. It's not a begrudging laugh at yes, all. Yes, yeah. No, um, you know, just it's, it's always been, can you look over this email or can you look over this article, um, yes. right? It's just like... Uh having the thought partnership. And so I think that's been there for a long time. And yeah. (laughs) One of the reasons I'm laughing is it's like, there's a dirty little secret where if I didn't have Jennifer, maybe I'm not any good at this, (laughs) you know, like that's actually a genuine possibility uh, in my mind because Jennifer is so good at providing feedback and sort of perspective um, in key moments. And that has been something I've relied on a lot. Um, So, so I often wish, you know, Melissa would help me every once in a while. Um, but uh, <laughs> that face is so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, no, we have a very similar uh, dynamic. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, do, do you guys worry about the way work bleeds into uh, other? a home life, th- that kind of thing, or are, yeah, or are you content with that? Like to talk, yeah. talk to me about, talk to me about that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, uh, we're probably, we're not content. Uh, there are, <laughs> yeah. I think the way I want to answer this is that that has always been the, the case and has always yeah. been a problem and starting a business has not made that better or worse. In fact, it, it may has, it may have made it, made it better. Um, I know that in fact, I think there was a, there was, I know there was a period of time when I was at Christianity today where, um, it it was that period that I mentioned that 2016 election period where I, I, Jennifer was at her wits end and I was unaware of that, which tells you everything you need to know. Like I just, Mm. she had, she was a new mom had, was going through postpartum depression and Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And I didn't really care, frankly, like I was more 
wrapped up in th- that classic, uh, we've got to save the world situation, yeah, you know? Yeah. Where and you, you were at an office most days. I was at an office yeah. most days. And mm-hmm. it, it was very easy. Working in a nonprofit in general, I think, is a big part of this where you, you it's all co- like a cause and you're, you're yep. working towards this cause and you feel like you matter. And that was satisfying until it was the worst and like, just like sort of ate me up completely. And I, I think like there were a lot of things that took me out of that situation and I'm grateful for that because I think it was untenable. It was unsustainable. And the more I've gotten to this place, the more I've been able to sort of put that responsibility on myself of like (laughs) putting things, prioritizing things in the right order, you know, and making sure I still struggle with it. This is a, this is a thing for me and it's probably will come through in unintentional ways in this podcast where like, I just, um, I really like work and it really matters to me what I do. And like that, um, often can overshadow everything depending on the situation and the circumstance. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of have similar feel. I feel like lately we have, but that's just because you have moved into such a brand new position still, whereas I've stayed the same and we have always worked together. We, we worked actually formally together, you know, from 2019 to 2022. And I mean, that, that was very interesting because Michael and I had never professionally worked together before. I'd always seen his work and how he worked because his work was so public in a lot of ways, but he had never seen me in action before and having to learn each other's sort of idiosyncrasies. And really the big thing was management style because I'm a very hands-off manager myself and he is very hands-on. And, oh, there was some butting of heads at first, but now that we're no longer working together anymore, but we still check in with one another of like, hey, I, you know, I've kind of got this sort of problem to solve. Can I just pass this by you for five minutes? Or, hey, can you go look over this email? You know, does this, you know, execute the tone that I wish to execute here? Like we still go to each other in that way. And it's, and it's gotten much better towards that end. But in terms of like the bleeding, Michael, you asked such a a poignant question because I think it's something that's glaring in our lives right now of the bleeding of our multiple vocations into everything. I I've been feeling that a lot lady lately, the, the burden of that and where I feel the burden the most is in my mothering and in parenthood is where it feels like, okay, you know, my clients, your nonprofit, like in a lot of ways you can move stuff around and keep doing your tasks and checking off your to-do list and things won't, and things will still flow and you'll feel like, okay, I've achieved A, B, and C, but with your Mm -hmm. kids, especially if you don't have a great day, like you raise your voice at them or they have completely lost all ability to emotionally regulate or they had a bad day at school or, you know, other sort of stressors. And it just feels like that bleeding bleeds more. I felt it bleed more into parenthood than parenthood bleeding into the sort of Mm. working outside Mm. the home type of stuff, which has been interesting to grapple with. And I don't have any answers yet on what it looks like to solve that kind of problem. But that in general, that's how I would answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. That's really relatable, Melissa. It is, it is so frustrating. And I think when your kids are moving through those early stages. The days do feel much longer, right? There's just like, there's more to keep track of with nap times and meal times and second and fourth or whatever, seventh meal times that they have. Um, just, yes. yeah. And then it does feel like, what did I do today? I fed you and I probably yelled a few times and, yeah. <laughs> or I cried or just, you know, it's, um, it doesn't, look like much on paper. And then you realize over time that there's a fruit that, you know, that bears over time. But it's like even getting like, I love getting very specific feedback on how I'm doing in my work um, Mm. or how something that I've worked on looks. And you don't get that from your kids. They can't sit them down and say, how am I doing? (laughs) Uh, And so I think that the lack of, um, feedback also makes it, it's easy for you to question yourself, you know, a lot of the time where you're just like, am I doing this well? Am I doing this right? Um, 
So yeah, I feel that frustration. And then on the other side, having work with adults where you can have those conversations and you are getting that, it does feel more purposeful and productive at times, but then yeah, I think it's taken me a few years. And now with my kids being a little bit older, um, I can see some of the fruit of that parenting in the early years. And that has been really joyful, I think, to enter into and to trust that, you know, it'll kind of continue to to happen over time. Yeah. That's reassuring. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. It's, it's coming. I promise it's yeah. coming. Yeah. We'll keep on the lookout for that, Jennifer. Yeah. Like, yeah well, <laughs> I don't know, on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is here or there, but like, uh, it's a crazy just how different summer is versus, I, I mean, I don't know you what you yeah. all do for schooling, but like summer yeah. versus like kids going to school is yeah. like drastically different. Um, and, and we had like, part-time nanny for like two days and even those days it was like but they're still in the house and we kind of had to figure mm -hmm. out ways to get out and it was like a it was still a pain and like something it was just a lot of gear grinding sort of like an <laughs> administration and like trying mm -hmm. to schedule things and organize things and that felt honestly like a black hole for work right it just yeah. did not feel like i was getting much done yeah which yeah, is yeah. interesting i'm a little terrified of next summer <laughs> honestly <laughs> Talk to me about, uh, talk to us about uh, sort of your, your, your faith and how you see uh, faith sort of intersecting with, with your work and your family life while you're trying to start new things and working together. What does that, what does that look like? Do you, do you want to, do you have something or you want me to go? <laughs> You go, you start. This is a, I'll, I'll be totally transparent with you. This is an area where, the, you know, there are, I, in my mind, there are sort of two types of <laughs> real Christians. This is going to, it's way <laughs> oversimplified. There are Christians who are very intentional about this question of how they live out their yeah. faith. And then there are Christians who are very, um, it's like presumed and assumed in their life. And, and it, they have structures set up <laughs> to make sure they're doing it. And then that's yeah. it. And that's kind of us. At least it's me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, and you are better at like reminding me of it and like, we should do this. We should do this. Yes. Agree. Uh, I'm so bad at follow through <laughs> on these things and not seeing the fruit of it in front of me is very hard. The, yeah. the area where we are just really lucky right now, honestly, is that we have an incredible church that we're very happy with. We go to all the time and our kids are excited about, and like that is, that makes all the difference. I will say faith has played a very um, cliche role and traditional role in starting this new like work era where neither of us has like a quote unquote stable job. We have, we're trying to cobble together enough finances every single month. Mm -hmm. And that, yep. that is, um, that will cause you to look to a higher power for yes. help and, and, yes. yeah. and, but I'm just, honestly, I'm, I mean, you should say something different than this because I know <laughs> it's not true for you, but I'm just a bad prayer. I'm such a bad prayer and I want to be better, but I struggle with it so much. I, most of my work is mission focused. It's like, it's focused on mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. creating things that are, so I'm, I'm not like limited to creating Christian podcasts necessarily, but when I do, they're like the kinds I really believe in. Right. And so and yeah, I'm really sure. proud of. And so that kind of thing, like there are times when that, that is where it comes back to that thing about me, where the work for me really matters and for better or worse. And it is both. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it for me. Yeah, and just I want to uh, turn the question to you, but I wonder if both of you feel like there are some days where it's like, was was like this day like a very Christian day or not Christian at all? Because <laughs> because just uh, when you're when you're, it's so hard to know. Okay, was this like a genuine? Uh, when I was working on this, like meeting with this pastor or mm -hmm. doing this podcast, was that like a genuine thing or was that like a work thing? Was it, uh, was, it a yeah. was it like a genuine work thing or, yeah. or was it, you know, like what, what is there a bucket it has to go in or, yeah. and like when I finish my work day, does any of it 
count in the quote unquote, like spiritual bucket? Does it all count? Like, so it gets very, I'm very grateful that I have a vocation that allows me to not like segment off my, my faith. I mean, it makes it impossible. Um, but there's also like, sometimes I'm like, huh, cl- like clear lines would be helpful. And yeah, I'm mm-hmm. wondering if, if you all, but, but Jennifer would love, yeah, would love to use it to speak to that and, and the, the broader question. Yeah. I love that. I love the way you're thinking through and even struggling through that question too, Michael, because I, I, I also relate to that struggle. I've worked in the nonprofit setting. I've actually more often than not worked with either startups or very small businesses in my freelance work right now. I'm literally working with like one agency and then everyone else are just like individual business owners. And so Mm -hmm. I'm literally just working with a person who has a belief about their business or something that they'd like to build. And I'm coming alongside them to help build it. And I love that. And I've been really lucky in that everyone that I've worked with, I do believe in their mission or in, you know, their, how they approach their business, their values. Um, and I would say that's a lot of the ways in which my faith shows up is just primarily in how I work. Yeah. Um, trying to be someone who is consistent and owns mistakes and um, tries to act in my client's best interest, even if it's not yeah, my yeah. best interest. And that is right. We know that's that can be costly. And so I think that is, you know, that is a way in which we can we can more confidently, you know, step into that and understand like, yeah, this is a situation where I see where God is uh, telling me to act. uh, And even though it may not benefit me in the short term um, Mm -hmm. and that's hard though, at the same time, because you have the tension of, yes, I do still need to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. We do still need to work uh, and pay our rent or mortgage or whatever it is. Um, So yeah, that's been, that's been good. And I think like, I don't know. So, uh, yeah. When, when Richard transitioned from working full-time salaried to having a business this summer, I mean, I think we both short circuited in our own ways where I was just like, okay, we have to race now to go get a job. One, like one of us needs a job. This is not going to work. Yeah. And I was pretty convinced we would lose our house. We would lose like just any sort of stability we had. And People, some people at church, like reassuringly, were like they were they were with all good intentions. They're like, "You guys are gonna be okay. God is gonna has you." And I'm just like, "I don't believe you at all." Like, <laughs> I feel like I should say for context, like yeah. this, the timing of this decision was somewhat mm-hmm. forced, and so it was like a yeah. we're not ready moment. It was sort of right. a, a yeah. moment where it was like, "Oh, it's now or never," and and the, the now is extremely terrifying, right? And yeah. so that totally. that is why I think we were like really we were really struggling. We we had a month of pure, pure panic. I mean, mm-hmm. absolute yeah. panic. And we're a lot more calm now that it feels like we're proving the concept. But yeah. I, I think what you said is a really interesting point in terms of how you do the work. And it got me thinking, like, I think so much of how my faith affects my work um, ha- has become ingrained and like assumed to the point where I almost don't know how to articulate it. But I think back in the Christ about culture days and then how I sort of did my work as an editor at Christianity today and, and as a podcaster and so on. And it all comes down to like amplifying voices of that aren't being amplified. Like that has been the ongoing thing. And some of that, like all of that really comes from a trust in, um, it's it's almost in a trust and sovereignty, honestly. If I can get a little too Calvinist on the, it, it, on this <laughs> podcast, like it's yeah. a trust that like I'm gonna be amplifying some voices that may or may not be wrong about things, and that's actually okay because if they don't if they aren't heard enough, it's gonna even the playing field. So I'm focused on marginalized voices. I'm focused on people who aren't heard enough, and I think like. God will literally do what he wants with that. And I've seen that play out in my life over and over. And that started back in Christ and Bob culture when I was, again, a reformed Southern Baptist and asking the question, do we have egalitarians right on the podcast or right on the right. website? Yeah. Which is yeah, sure. now, it now feels like a ridiculous question. But at the time, it was like a really high stakes question. And the answer was, if they're right, great. If they're wrong, it's fine. Like it, it, 
I believe that God is up to something himself and I don't have to like referee that necessarily. So that, that is a big part of like what dictates a lot of how I approach work. It is tricky though, because like, as we were talking, Michael, I was thinking of like how, um, in in politics you probably have to make these moment these like big in the moment decisions that ma- really matter and are high stakes and and that really hasn't happened to me yet i've never had a client say i really want to work with you that i'm like feeling funny about mm. and i'm not yeah, totally yeah. certain i'd make the right decision there you know yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. and so far so far i think it's self selecting like people just self select out because they can kind of feel yeah. it's not a good fit i'm hoping that's the way it stays <laughs> uh but yeah i don't yeah, know yeah what about you all well i in this sense uh the place where i have felt more called into my faith has definitely been the advent of parenthood because we've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So we're still really getting into it, getting into setting our kids up for rhythms and age appropriate rhythms where like, there's still a point where like, you know, when we go through Bible stories, like we can't get that detailed kind of thing. And, you know, (laughs) our eldest is though, starting to ask really big questions about God, about the nature of God, about Jesus. She's asked us several questions not naming the Trinity, but like that are Trinitarian in some ways. I'm like, well, got to go brush up on that to answer that question. (laughs) Um, But they have really enriched my prayer life because the one bit of liturgy that I am adamant about is prayer with them and showing that they can approach prayer throughout the day at any given moment, if something is happening or they want to pray about something that they can stop and pray. And we do, and we are now stopping and praying at certain times. Um, if they notice something, um, that I've taught them to to notice, obviously, but they've really enriched my prayer life. And then, you know, on the other side of things, I mean, it's kind of like what Michael was saying, you, I never thought I would work in religion and politics. I always thought that that was Michael's thing and it is Michael's thing, but I, was handed that portfolio a long time ago by people who had no idea that I would have any sort of knowledge around it. They kind of were just like, you need to do this project here, go do it. I was working with Muslims on xenophobia. And I kind of went to them. I said, uh, my husband is working in the white house on this ish on these types of issues. They were kind of like, Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, and so then that sort of was the start of me working in religion and politics because somebody handed me a project and today still doing that work it does make it easier to sort of think to be approaching to be working with people obviously who are co-laborers or people who might be of a different faith, but um, like the conversations are enriched because we are both, you know, the client or the people I'm working with are people of faith and, you know, they'll say things or do things where like they're strengthening my faith through theirs. So it's just a huge blessing in that way to be working in a field where you kind of cannot escape God, no matter how you would try. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like that's kind of how God has always been with me in general. God has always been chasing me. So it's very funny to have sort of stumbled into this side of, uh, you know, my career outside of, outside of the home. How would you, how else would you answer? Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of, I kind of spoke to it, spoke to it before. I mean, and I, I resonate with with what you said about our kids in prayer i think that's 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 definitely true but I, I i wonder if we might you know one dynamic of uh starting new things and having businesses and it is um it feels like you're doing triage all the time and that you're yeah. just trying to like get to the next week the next month the next whatever oh and so i wonder yeah. yeah sorry do we need to take a break to- oh man i'm, I'm just yeah. let's yeah. all just yeah. like do a deep breath to inhale yeah, exhale right. the trauma yeah. of yeah we're gonna sit in silence for three minutes i've had, a, to I've had an interesting two weeks ourselves. in this regard yeah it's been interesting well, uh, i'm about to make a hopeful pivot uh, yes so, <laughs> uh which is you know because of that i kind of want to uh, close uh, this conversation by asking you, like, what are you, what are you dreaming about? Like, 
you you don't wake up in the morning uh, because you're so excited to get into QuickBooks and and figure out you know <laughs> figure out the the budget or uh, to troubleshoot that like operations issue. Like what is the what is the the thing that you have your eye on on the horizon? Both of you, yeah. Okay, it's funny that you use that very specific example of like bookkeeping and operations because actually that is the kind of thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Like I will just literally it'll pop into my head at like 10 p.m. and I'm like, well, I can't talk to him about that now because so it's not 10 in a good way. Not in a good yeah. way. <laughs> well, I think it's just it's just moving forward. It's progress, and yes, um, yes. If something can work better, can work more smoothly uh, from that point forward, then I'm excited to to implement and do that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, more broadly, I guess dreaming that is a yeah. I think you're you're good at answering this question. Oh, are you dodging <laughs> the question? I'm dodging okay. a little bit. Um, I'm I'm buying more time is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say I feel like you should end in like you should have the last word on this, but um. The, for me, I, you know, Melissa, something you said really resonated with me, which is the 40 hour work week. You, I'm, re, I'm, I'm, uh, paraphrasing is the pit. Oh, yeah. The 40 hour work week. You got it. Yeah. It's not good. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. It's never made sense to me. And me the more opportunity I've had to sort of subvert it or, or go work around it, um, the, the better I've, I've experienced my life, especially as someone, I will say with like unique, not unique, but specific mental health struggles and around anxiety yeah. and depression, like you uh -huh. just need to be able to do what you need to do to get through the week. And um, mm -hmm. so when I'm dreaming and, and especially in relation to the way I've talked about how work can bleed into life, I want to have the kind of life where I feel like I'm like, this is so cliche, but like I'm doing my job, but I'm also like living with my family. I'm you know, and it's not chaos and panic all the time. Right now we're like right in that mode where I'm like, I probably should be hiring yeah. contractors, but like, I'm not because <laughs> we can't afford to, we're in that stage. And so it's not mm -hmm. that, but, um, the end goal really is to get to a place where I am not working full 40 hour work weeks all the time where my yeah. kids come home and will see me like set them up doing snacks with them and stuff like that. Like, I really want, and in the summer, like it's not a big deal if they're home all day. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. want them to feel like they are uh, in the way. Um, and I also want to like, <laughs> like I want to be friends with you, right? As opposed <laughs> to like, I want to be, fr for me, I'm just going to say it. Um, I don't care what you think, Jennifer. <laughs> I want to be friends with Jennifer and I want to work with Jennifer. Those are my two dreams. And she goes back and forth on that second one all the time. Um, and <laughs> that's really hard for her and me. But like, that's a real dream for me because I just think there's a ton of potential there. Um, I also like, yeah, I just, I want to do work that I want to feel like people are, man, I'm really over answering this question. I'm so sorry. But the, no. I, I feel like I should say, I want to feel like people, um, like unequivocally I'm providing value to the, to the people I work with and that they're, you know, that is continuing on and like, and, and help other people do, like do the work I'm doing. Right. Like area code yeah. audio, I don't want to be me and then disappear when I retire. I want other people to yeah. continue on that thing. I think it's a unique specific approach to podcasting that is important and i want that to continue you know that sort of authenticity first uh empathy forward kind of podcasting i want to be a, a real thing all right your turn <laughs> oh gosh it's tough <laughs> act to follow um no it's not well so yeah dreaming <laughs> let's see i know um oh my gosh i feel like yeah it's um, so it's interesting. I was able to stay at home with my kids for at least the first year of their lives without taking on additional things. And then I would some, you know, in between, once they got a little older, I would take on more work. Um, 
And it's great that the amount of work has been able to keep pace with my capacity as a person, you know, who's like usually not sleeping great for the first couple of years (laughs) of my kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So that's been a grace. And, um, but at the same time, I think there were parts of being exclusively stay at home that really chafed at me. And of course I had a lot of guilt and shame about that because I was in a culture that just told yeah. you like this, this needs to be your one vocation. This is your best vocation. Um, and you know, that was hard, uh, to feel like I was kind of failing or not living up to those expectations. So of course that just, you know, increased the burden. Um, yes. but these days I think like I am embracing some of the, the fle- I am embracing the flexibility of freelancing. And I think that is part of my dream is to continue to have that flexibility And then really enjoying some of my time at home with the kids, which I didn't always believe that I could or I would. Um, So yeah, that's been, that's been great. I feel like I am living out the parts of that dream right now. Um, And yeah, I don't think the work week was built for us as mothers and even as parents. And so um, like what Richard said, like subverting that is great. I think like being able to live into some of those values um, of, you know, we are not just our productivity, right? We are people who can, who are made to rest and to enjoy. Um, and so when I've been able to do that now, like I would like to continue doing that, um, in my work and then also just enjoying the time I'm not working genuinely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a great way to wrap it up. I love both your answers. And I feel like you're already living yours a little bit. And Richard, I feel like yours is like right there. Like you're almost <laughs> there. I feel like that's my entire life is like, it's yeah. right there. It's just out of reach. Yeah. yeah. This is, you know, this is this my is way of saying a, that I believe in you. Yeah. Thank you so always, much. I, I accept. I accept. I'm making myself accept that. I have a hard time accepting that. But you're I, always I one contractor away from. <laughs> right. One client, one contractor. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We will end it on that note. Thank you so much for joining us. Love this conversation and hope you all did too. Thank yeah. you. Thank great. you so much great. for having us. Okay. Wasn't that just a lovely conversation? It's a different pace for where we are. And I so hope you enjoyed it. And I also hope you found something you can identify with in your own life. And also, I just want you to know that Jennifer and Richard are kind of hilarious and our banter before the recording was cracking me up. If you want to check them out more, they are active on Twitter. So that's it for today. We will see you next week. If you could, would you mind sharing this podcast or rating us on Spotify or Apple? We love seeing your reviews. It'll also help us know if you like this kind of episode where we focus more on our family and faith life and inviting guests and not just on news and politics. And also, I have to let you know that the responses I got to my prayer on the morning five this past Thursday have been so lovely. Um, it, it is practically life-giving as a podcaster to hear directly from listeners to know that what we're doing is helpful or edifying. We know that we're not talking into a void and your support is the best and just we love y'all. So this is the part where Michael would usually say with his deep voice, thanks for joining us. This is where we are. And now this is the part where I say bye.